Our communion meditation is from Ruth. So Ruth, uh, chapter 1, verses 19 through 21. Now the two of them went until they came to Bethlehem. And it happened when they had come to Bethlehem that all the city was excited because of them. And the women said, Is this Naomi? But she said to them, Do not call me Naomi, call me Mara, for the Almighty has dealt very bitterly with me. I went out full, and the Lord has brought me home again empty. Why do you call me Naomi, since the Lord has testified against me, and the Almighty has afflicted me? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your kindness, and we ask you now to bless our understanding, that we would be able to understand what it is that uh, happened to this woman and her family, and that you would have us to be wiser and to be made uh, much more uh, in spirit with uh, such people and uh, also uh, much closer to you in heart and in understanding. We thank you, Lord, for your word and for your kindness. In Christ's name, amen. It's been a month since I covered the third message on Ruth, and this is the fourth, so let me just briefly recap. The very first message that I gave on this, I summarized in one sentence. Uh, A godly man and a pleasant wife moved to Moab with their sickly sons due to the famine. And yet, we know then that immediately, uh, fairly quickly, Elimelech dies. And then, most likely, through the fact that she has nothing else to return to. The famine is perhaps still going on back in Judah. Uh, She ends up staying. Her sickly sons mature, perhaps into adulthood, if they hadn't been already, marry daughters, and then they die. And so now here she is 10 years later, and she's lost in a foreign country with these two daughters-in-law. She commits to go back to Judah, and the daughters-in-law initially say, we want to go with you, and yet... She uh, persists in telling them, no, you stay. You stay here, I'll return. And so Orpah, we know, uh, stays with her family there in Moab, returns to her family, and uh, yet Ruth does not. Ruth insists that she is now her family, that Naomi is her family. So Ruth embraced God in this decision as much, or if not more, then she embraced Naomi. And yet Naomi was really only experiencing her loss. She only had eyes limited to this world, whereas Ruth was looking beyond this to the next world. And then we come to the text, what I just read. So verse 19, Now the two of them went until they came to Bethlehem. And it happened when they had come to Bethlehem that all the city was excited because of them. And the women said, Is this Naomi? It's been 10 years. We can change a lot in 10 years. And I think especially if we've gone through what Naomi's just gone through. Now, I think it's wise for us to ask ourselves questions at this point, if not earlier. Why did Elimelech choose to leave? Not everybody left, obviously. These people are welcoming them back. And yet Elimelech, even with two sickly sons had felt it necessary to leave. And I think that what we must remember and realize, it's true then and it's true of us now. And this was a culture in which God had guided this culture to support one another. 
I mean, their church existed to benefit one another, to be a family. Yet, all our circumstances are different. And God drives us down different paths. And that's why when I look, I just opened a book uh, yesterday afternoon, and in it we had a a list of the families that were here uh, nine years ago. And many of those families are not here now. Many other families are here now. We're all on different paths. And God takes us all down different paths. And he forces us to make difficult decisions. It had not been easily, easily made for Elimelech to decide to leave their homeland. But he felt it needed to be done. And then he gets there and he perishes, leaving his wife and sons to go it alone. No one would choose to do this. God forces us down these paths and then he often has these choices that we are then forced to make and then we think what have I done have I made a mistake in doing this but see now Naomi is being welcomed back but they say is this Naomi I think these 10 years have shown where on Naomi and it's probably not surprising because where's Elimelech where are your sons how can this be Naomi It's a totally different situation that she's returning to. But she said to them, now they said, is this Naomi? Now we know from the beginning that Naomi means pleasant. That's why I reiterated, this this was a pleasant woman. But she says, do not call me Naomi. Call me Mara, for the Almighty has dealt very bitterly with me. Mara means bitter. So she had been pleasant. Now she's bitter. And she goes on to prove it. We'll see that in the next verse. Now, I want to focus first for an instant, though, on what it was like when she left and what it's like now that she came back. She left with a husband and two sickly sons. She's now returned with this Moabite woman. Ruth, she's gone out with three men and come back with one woman. And in this culture... This is definitely dropping down. I mean, men were life then. You had to have a man to have life. You had to have a man to have children. And this woman now, Naomi, had no man. And she just had this daughter-in-law with, from her dead son. So Ruth knew this was coming. That's why she wanted, I mean, uh, Naomi knew this was coming. That's why she wanted Ruth to remain behind in Moab. She didn't want to have to endure this. Ruth is now going to be a constant reminder to her of her loss. It was bad enough that she was going to have to deal with this on her own. Now she's having to deal with it with Ruth as well. I don't think Naomi was looking forward to this. Listen to what she says. I went out full, and the Lord has brought me home again empty. Why do you call me Naomi since the Lord has testified against me? And the Almighty has afflicted me. You see what she says here. She says several things. The Almighty has made my my life very bitter. I went away full, but the Lord has brought me back empty. The Lord has afflicted me. The Almighty has brought misfortune to me. Four times she gives these laments of what God has done to her. She is bitter. But yet, look at what she'd said earlier when she was still back in Moab. Look at what she said to her daughters-in-law. It 
It grieves me very much for your sakes that the hand of the Lord has gone out against me. But she wished them well. Go back to your families. Turn back, my daughters. I am too old to have a husband, but it's not too late for you. She commands them to seek a husband, a house, and rest. She commands each of them to go back to their homes in Moab before she's left them and say, seek husband, house, rest. Because she didn't have any of those. And she really didn't think she would get any of those very easily. She was going to face a hard road. And it's God that has caused this hard road to enter into Naomi's life. Her losses embittered her. She pronounced blessings upon Ruth and Orpah in verses 8 and 9. Naomi said to her daughters-in-law, Go, return each to her mother's house. The Lord deal kindly with you as you have dealt with the dead and with me. The Lord grant that you may find rest. So she wants their blessing. She wants their good. But I believe here she's running on fumes. She's in Moab. She's dealing with the loss of her sons. She's trying to do right by these women, which she now, in a twisted sense, perceives as right. And yet here, as she's returning back to Judah, she's arriving back home, all of this bitterness pours out of her. There is no more make-believing that she's happy anymore, that she's a pleasant woman. She's not. She's bitter. Yet Ruth has not returned bitter. Ruth has returned to her people. This is her future. She knows it. She had married not only Malon. She had married into Judaism. She was so much closer to God now than she had been in Moab where she was lost. So she's embraced this faith that eludes Naomi right now. Naomi grew up in faith. She's taking it for granted. She's relied upon her circumstances to be her contentment, and they've all been taken away, and her contentment is gone, and she's been made bitter. But Ruth, even though she's lost her husband, has gained so much that she hadn't had before. And she's, I believe, looking forward to the future in a way that Naomi can't even imagine. Naomi was empty due to the loss of her husband, and yet Ruth, I believe, is full despite the loss of her husband. So the circumstances are not really that different between the two women. It's just their perspectives are different. Naomi is older in the faith, and she's grown content with this world, looking with eyes, worldly eyes upon what she's experiencing and seeking contentment and joy from that. Yet Ruth is not. Ruth is looking with eyes of faith to the future. So when we come to the table, we commit to revive our faith. Many of us have been believers for a long, long time, and our faiths can grow weak. We can rest our contentment in our circumstances, and yet God can easily take that away. And we pray that he would. If it's led us down this dead end of dead spirituality in our lives, despite our being saved, we can find ourselves in such dead ends no longer living a vital spiritual life. You want God to remove your earthly contentment in that regard because you want your contentment coming from him. That's what we seek when we come to the table. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for this word in which we 
experience this woe of Naomi, and yet we can also experience the joy of Ruth returning to this land to which she's probably never been, and yet holds her future. We thank you, Lord. We pray that you would give us these eyes of faith. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.